This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. There are many cases where someone feels lonely in the office in which they work. They are looking to make connections with other workers, but what they get doesn't necessarily meet up with expectations. Much research has been done on loneliness and its impact, but not enough necessarily on the impact of loneliness in the workplace. And that is the focus of a new report coming out uh, partly of the Wharton School right now. Uh, that brings us to Sigal Barsade, who is a professor of management here at the Wharton School. And also joining us is Hakan Uschelik, who is a professor of management at Cal State Sacramento, and they have combined on a paper titled No Employee is an Island to look at this exact issue and to see the impacts. Sigal, great seeing you again. Thanks for coming great in. Great seeing you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Hakan, great to have Thank you on the phone with us. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you. Um, you mentioned in the paper that there hasn't been a lot of research on this aspect of loneliness. Why so, do you think? Yeah, it's it's really actually left us mystified because there has been a ton of research looking at loneliness in other domains and finding really, really negative results. So, you know, mental health, cognitive functioning, um, physical health, even longevity. Right. But the thing about loneliness is that people tend sometimes to think about lonely, like if you're lonely, you're lonely everywhere. But actually, that's not true. Um, what research has shown is that you can be lonely in your private life, in your family life, in your romantic life. It depends on the on the place. And so um, Hakan and I were really shocked when we saw that while all the research had been done in non-work life, given how much you know time we spend at work, yeah. n- virtually none had been done at work. And so we said, well, let's look into that. Well, and, and Hakan, one of the interesting points uh, in reading the paper that I saw is that loneliness has been referred to by experts, even including the Surgeon General's office, as an epidemic, which I, I find that interesting. Yes, I find that interesting, too. And I find that a bit concerning as a human being, but I'm also excited as a researcher. <laughs> but right. uh, not only in the United States, though, uh, recently uh, in the United Kingdom, uh, Theresa May announced creating a Ministry of Loneliness. Uh, after doing an extensive research in the country, they've uh, realized that uh, a significant portion of the country uh, in the population uh, feel lonely. So now they have a Minister of Loneliness in the country, first in human history, I guess. Part of this is also, Sigal, um, how people who are lonely kind of react and treat each other, right. especially when you're in that office space, which is interesting point now because we, we, we have read a variety of stories and done segments on this show about how companies are trying to bring people together more, trying to build teams more. So, you know, this is a, an important time, I think, to, to do this type of research. Well, and, and an important thing to remember about loneliness in general when you think about, well, what, what actually is loneliness? Right. And loneliness is the very subjective feeling. And the word subjective is critical here, meaning it's how I feel about it, whether my emotional or social needs are being met and and then feeling badly when they're not met. But the reason subjective is so important is that you could have the same two employees in exactly the same environment, but if they have different levels of need for, for kind of closeness, then one well could be lonely and the other... Couldn't sure yeah. right so um, so as it relates to work and teams and things like that, a team isn't a panacea um, for it because it, while it will help in the sense of giving 
possibly more opportunity for contact. There are many other factors that are going to depend on what kind of people are looking for and what they're getting back. So because, as you said, you can have two people in exactly the same situation, yet viewing it differently, how do you approach that as an issue within the office, whether it be that person, the employee himself, herself, or the company as a whole? Right. Well, I mean, the first thing, um, the first thing I would say about that is that I do want to differentiate loneliness from one thing that because people sometimes get confused about like what's even meant by loneliness, right. you know. Um, and so it's things like you know, do I have somebody to turn to here? Do I do I feel like I'm in touch with the people around me? Um, things like that. It's not solitude. So a right. lot of times people will think, oh, so wait, does that mean if I'm alone or I'm a virtual worker, like I'm automatically lonely? No, actually, right. it's it's about your 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 desire on that front. And so workplaces need to be thinking about, okay, well, what do their employees need? And then kind of going accordingly from that. And that's why we started to to do the study to see first place, does this really even influence anything? I mean, it certainly influences how people feel and that's important in its own right. But from a business perspective, from an organizational perspective, is this just the employee's problem or is it also the organization's problem in the sense of performance and performance outcomes? And I guess to a degree then, and whether, again, whether or not it's perceived to be the issue of the employee or the issue of the company, if you perceive it as the issue of the company, this ends up potentially having a bottom line impact if projects aren't being done properly. If you don't have that connection between workers, it can have a fairly significant impact. Oh, absolutely, because what we found in our study and sort of the point of our study was to look at the question, does loneliness influence work performance? So not only does loneliness influence how people like feel, I mean, we knew that, right? Yeah. But but does it influence work performance? In our case, we looked at it um, standardized uh, over many, many occupations and jobs across two types of organizations. So we used manager performance ratings right. for that. And what we found is that resoundingly it did. It Greater workplace loneliness on the part of employees led to lower performance. So that uh, Hakan, is this something in your mind that that tends to be more of an issue with the employee or is this something that the company should be concerned with as well? I think both, but definitely on the side of the manager because they are getting the extra salary to take care of the work environment, right? And to make sure that things are running smoothly. So, uh, I mean, given that people can feel lonely at work but not in another domain, indicates that there might be something happening in the workplace that makes that employee lonely. And so there are many different factors at the managerial level that can be uh, taken into account uh, to prevent that. Because uh, as Sigal has mentioned, you can have exactly the same uh, work environment, and yet two different employees might respond in very different ways because they might have different vulnerability levels for loneliness. One of them might be way away from being lonely, and then the other one might be as well just standing on the cliff. And uh, also what we have found in our research is that uh, th- th- there might be a loop that people get into. Once you start getting that feeling of loneliness, it doesn't stop there. So once the employees start giving that sign that they might actually start feeling lonely and they also start behaving differently, the managers, uh, if, if they spot it early on and then uh, find a way to bring the employee back in, then I think the problems would be a lot lessened than just leaving the employee on themselves. So it's the manager's job, in a way, to take care of uh, their – it's not the employee's private business. It's the manager's job. And, and not necessarily that other employees within the company, it would be their duty to, to step in with this. But there's also, in reading the paper, there's also the element of how 
other employees feel in general towards that lonely person and whether or not that has a, a, an emotional impact on uh, on the workspace, I would guess. So I think that brings in the contagious aspect of loneliness. Although we didn't look at in our study, we know from the social psychology and neuroscience uh, loneliness research that loneliness can be contagious. So other people's loneliness can easily become our own because it's relational. Uh, so once uh, the relational network gets infected, all of a sudden you've got these employees starting and behaving uh, strangely. So in, on, in that sense, it is not an altruistic choice for a manager to uh, to help out or even for an employee to help out uh, a, a an employee, a lonely employee. It's it's almost a, 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 a managerial need that they need to take care of, or a relational need. A, a college, uh, as, as a colleague, they need to reach out to an employee who feels lonely. Oh, and you know, to to add to that, one of the most um, interesting things for us was okay, yes, loneliness, greater loneliness leads to lower work performance. Right. But then, as researchers, we want to understand why, right? Why does this happen? And um, this relates to what Hakan was saying before. The psychology literature has shown um, this very powerful but very odd result, which is given that evolutionarily loneliness in theory should be there to signal to us that our needs aren't being met and it's a motivational right. state. It's not a trait. You're not dispositionally lonely. You're not, you know, you can be chronically lonely, but it's not something you're, you're born with. It's, it's like wanting food or drink, right? right. It's, we as humans have a need to connect. So you would think that if you're lonely, well, that's a signal to connect. And as Hakan mentioned, in the beginning it is. So if you're at a new city or a new workplace and, you know, it gets you moving. But what the psychology literature has shown is that once loneliness is kind of a, as an established sentiment, you've decided, all right, I'm lonely. Right. What happens is, ironically, you actually become less approachable. You start to behave in ways you, you don't listen as well. You become more self-focused. All sorts of things happen that make you actually less of a desirable interaction partner to yeah. other people. And that's what we found was one of the things that explained the lower performance is that lonelier employees were viewed by their coworkers because we, we surveyed every employee's coworker. So we did a 360 on their kind of team behaviors and things like that. The coworkers of lonely people found them less approachable. Yeah. And because of that, then they didn't share things and, and they didn't get the resources they needed. And so, so funnily enough, the, the very thing that em lonely employees crave, which is connection, they're not intentionally, and not because, by the way, the literature showed it, they don't have lower social skills. Loneliness makes it happen. And it's a perception that, yes. that ends up kind of working its way around that particular office. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We are joined in studio by uh, Sigal Barsaid, who is a professor of management here at the Wharton School. Uh, also joining us is uh, Hakan Uschelik, who is with uh, Cal State Sacramento, is a professor of management there. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. So in terms of the people that you were looking at, what, what areas were they working in? What were the, what were the sectors that, that you were looking at specifically to gain this information? Right. So we were looking at, uh, we looked at a public municipality. Um, and so that was, that was really, really interesting because we have, you know, like 
clerks and truck drivers and managers and engineers and, and policemen and all, you know, all sorts of things like that. Um, and then we also looked at a private company that was an outsourcer okay. of, of loneliness. And so, again, we had over 41 different positions there, too, 44 in the other one. So that's one of the strengths of the study is that we're looking across many, many people. And there actually was no significant difference in the amount of loneliness in the pro- public municipality as compared to the um, as compared to the private company. And the other thing that was really interesting is that there were n- there was no difference in loneliness based on age, sex, education, or tenure with the company. Hmm. So it's really uh, you know for an equal opportunity kind of emotional <laughs> state there. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm sure that makes uh, you know it, it, it's to a degree, Hakan. It's a little concerning that I mean there isn't. Uh, there isn't, to a degree, a pattern with it. I, I mean, it truly is how each person potentially feels moving forward. It's an emotion, and, and emotions are great. I mean, they're functional. As Sigal has mentioned, they're, they're functional. If, if you feel lonely early on the road, like you're a newcomer to a company, it's great that you feel lonely because that way you take some of the interpersonal risks to reach out people, to to make acquaintances, to make friends. But if you stay lonely for some time, and then if you start getting into these psychological processes that starts influ- influencing your perception and also your, your thinking about how, how your social world is, then it becomes a cycle. It's almost like a prison. Anybody can get into a prison for some reason. And once you are in there, the paradigm is totally different. Uh, you are not yourself anymore, right? So it's kind of a psychological prison that people create. Right. Uh, so the manager should find a way to bail them out as soon as possible because anybody can get lonely at any time. Uh, and it's a very powerful situation to be in. And usually uh, with the help of other people, uh, those uh, distorted perceptions can be uh, fixed pretty easily with communication, with uh, some relationship building. But if lonely employees are led on their own devices for some time, things might get even worse. Well, and if you think about the types of things a manager can do, um, in our study, we looked at, okay, were there any conditions under which um, things could get better or worse? Okay. And so we looked at something called, um, uh, actually, work that my colleague Mandy O'Neill and I have done in emotional culture. And emotional culture are the norms around what emotions you're allowed to express at work and what you're better off suppressing. And so we looked at the emotional culture of the teams um, because everybody was in a team. And what we found was that in emotional cultures of companionate love, which is uh, not romantic love, so it's affection, care, compassion, and tenderness, um, employees were more likely, even when they were lonely, lonely employees were more likely to be perceived as approachable and have commitment to the organization, which was the other explanatory variable about why performance went down. They were less committed to the company as a whole. Um, We also looked at an emotional culture of anger. And again, not surprisingly, um, anger amped up the relationship between loneliness and lack of approachability. Um, because again, if, if you think about it, lonely people, they're very, very sensitive to social rejection and social cues. Yeah. And so anything that a manager can do in terms of creating a culture which sends out cues that are supportive versus not. Um, but one of the most interesting findings we had on this was we also looked to see, well, is it better to be surrounded like by other lonely people? Right. Like, okay, like yeah. because like if you're lonely, maybe if other people around you are lonely, then you Cancel guys can get together out, well, yeah. or you can get together. Yeah. Right. Totally not the case. The lonelier the coworkers were, the worse approachability behavior. So all these lonely people are just bouncing off each other. And we're not the first people to find it. There's other research showing that when you just if you just 
put lonely people together and say, okay, well, you guys are all lonely. Talk to each other. It doesn't work. But you mentioned the the role that the manager plays in this process of trying to mitigate some of this. The manager, obviously, when you're talking about a section of a company, is is just that. He is one piece to the entire company. How much of this, though, needs to go beyond the manager, further up the chain, even potentially up to the C-suite, so that you're setting the, the bar from the top down so that you know, the expectation is not just one manager, but 30 managers, 50 managers. So I love your question, because as a scholar who also studies um, culture in general, you're spot on. I mean, clearly you're going to be in a much more powerful position if the company as a whole is taking its emotional culture seriously, as well as some aspects of cognitive culture, like having a culture of respect. But the reason emotional culture matters so much in this case is because loneliness is an emotional state. And so one of the ways to deal with that or sentiment and one of the ways to deal with that is more sort of emotionally. But many companies, they're only starting now to realize that this type of culture matters. Right. And that was one of the things, uh, Hakan, I wanted to touch on is the fact that seemingly we're kind of getting into a new realm with companies of understanding their employees better. And this is just one of the aspects of how they can better understand the people that are working for them and then hence have a more positive impact on the company, whatever it's producing, whatever it does, you know, on a, on a day-to-day basis. I think employees have an increasing level of increasing expectations from their organizations simply because our professions make a huge component of our identity. So we are not going our jobs just for a paycheck. We want to be a part of the group we want to be respected we want to feel that we are we are uh, having a good quality of life and i think this is getting even more profound with the new generation i mean they really look into things that we might not be looking at and i think they are more relations they might be more relationship oriented than we are so uh, it's important for companies to take that into account so creating to, creating that relational environment and, and providing opportunities for employees to build relationships one thing that we need to be careful about though is that if these attempts to to help reduce loneliness that organizations stay at the at the at the surface level or at the artificial level where let's have more social parties let's bring people together so that they will bond anyways uh, would definitely be a problem for lonely people because you are not connected with people uh, to begin with so yeah. you are going to a Christmas party, everybody's having fun, and you are sitting there and feeling that you are, you are not part of the group, you might actually feel even uh, lonelier. So it's important to focus on uh, relationship building rather than increasing the interaction, because if somebody is lonely, more interaction actually might create even more pain, So, and which is more challenging. So the, the, the solution should be a lot smarter than just having more socials or having company picnics at the weekends. It should be more relational, where actually two human beings can get together and relate as two human beings, so they start bonding a relationship, creating a relationship where they can bond. It's interesting because uh, playing off of something he just said, uh, Khan just said, uh, you have a variety of companies out there right now, and I think to a degree Silicon Valley kind of started this, that have kind of changed the mindset of what the what the workplace mm-hmm. is going to be to begin with. They've gone away from the tradition of what I knew growing up with my dad, you know, going off to work in the suit and tie, you know, you sit at the desk, that type of thing. That's You still have that, but that has shifted quite a bit in the last 
decade, decade and a half. And so because you have that type of atmosphere in a lot of businesses, it's interesting how your research plays into the reaction of people in that type of an environment compared to what may have been the traditional go to work, you're sitting in a cube, you know, you're on the phone doing sales type of work. Yeah, it's a great point because, again, this is all about the subjectivity and expectations. Right. So if it used, you know, if it used to be, you, if you come in and you don't really expect to have particularly strong relationships, then that's going to make it easier not to be lonely. But if you go in, and I think it's really interesting for the millennials in this regard, you know, you go in and, um, and, and you're expecting that somehow work is going to be, you know, so much of your life and your relationships there are yeah. going to be so much of who you are. Yeah. Um, and then and then you have these amazingly high expectations and you also think everybody else is having a really great time, but maybe you not so much. Yeah. It does really put more pressure on you. How much do you how much are people able to kind of understand when and obviously I think a lot of people don't even consider this on the day-to-day basis of going to work, but are there situations you think where people are able to recognize somebody who maybe falls into this category of being lonely of, uh, you know, and either is willing to step out, lend a hand in certain cases or not and, and kind of increase that distance between themselves and, and that person. So there are two parts to that question. The first is, can we recognize it? And then the second is, will we do anything about right. it? Yeah. Um, so then the first, can we recognize it? In our study, we showed we could recognize it because right. we had um, coworkers also rate the loneliness of the people around them. Yeah. And and it was statistically significant. They absolutely, we can absolutely, I mean, it's not perfect, but right. we can yeah. absolutely see it. This Again, that's kind of the social part of But there's that. enough to prove that, yes, you can actually absolutely. see there's a part to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Then the second part, though, is, are they going to do anything about it? So, again, if we go back to the fact that the lonely person is awful, often behaving in a less approachable way, yeah. so they're not encouraging people to go towards them. So on the one hand, that's kind of a pushing off. But on the other hand, if you have this culture of love, for example, yeah. that says, yeah, reach out to people, that's a pushing in. You know, again, that's where that's where management has a little bit more control. Um, you know, in this situation. So it, it really, and of course, by the way, so do individuals. Yeah. I mean, individuals themselves can say, hey, this person, you know, looks like they're, I'm going to ask them for lunch. And, you know, I don't think we should cede all of this to, to management by any means. We, right. we individually can have empathy and can reach out. And, you know, when you see somebody who's lonely at work, you know, it is really painful. And separate from the fact that it's going to influence work performance, it's a painful state and it's something you want to help your your co your coworkers with. Hakan, your thoughts? Yeah, I have a very practical tip because I started hypothesizing that and I've been observing also introspectively I've been looking at myself, thanks to my wife, because she convinced me about that. <laughs> Whenever somebody doesn't ask you quite often how are you doing? And rather just talking about themselves uh, and then turning to you and asking, what do you think? Do you think this is the case? Uh, if, if somebody stops asking those questions directed to the other person, I think it's a sign of loneliness that that person has started getting consumed with their inner world and they're just trying to pull in another person in that world so they can actually start rambling. Uh, so if, 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 if an employee uh, d- doesn't reach you out and ask you how you are doing, that might be a sign of uh, loneliness. So that's my practical hypothesis at yeah, a practical level. Interesting. It's kind of a way, right, as a way of, of seeing it. I mean, the, the other thing, though, I, I think that we need to remember, though, in the, from the research literature is that, again, it's a subjective state. Yeah. It can be influenced by a lot of things externally and contextually, which is what we've been focusing upon. But um, when looking at interventions— 
Um, one of the takeaways from this is that, one, it's not just a light intervention. And as Hakan was saying, it's not just throw people together at a company party or yeah. assume they're going to be fine. It's a deeper intervention. And in kind of personal domains, the interventions that have actually helped a lot is also helping to reshape the employee's perspective of what they're expecting from work. Right. Yeah. Or from, I'm sorry, from the people around them. Okay. And so clarifying, you know, clarifying their needs and then being very practical like assessing their current social network, setting friendship goals, de- yeah. de- creating strategies to lead to those goals. So it, it can't only be the outreach side. In that regard, management does have to take, you know, and managers, by the way, also rated lonely, whether their employees were lonely, and they could also tell that. Sure, yeah. Um, and we, as, as I have to say as a researcher here, we, of course, controlled statistically for their perceptions of their coworkers' loneliness and their performance ratings so that, you know, it wouldn't influence it. Um, but, but they can also help on that. But it's something we tend to not talk about at work. Yeah. And and I, and, I, yeah. And I think uh, managers uh, need to keep an eye on the critical incidents <laughs> because sometimes things change and, and then employees might start changing their perceptions. And if they are prone to loneliness, they might start overreading the situations. For instance, if somebody uh, doesn't get a promotion. So uh, one employee might just see that as a, as a performance problem uh, or maybe a matter of the contingency, uh, whereas another employee is prone to loneliness might see that as the whole organization is turning around me. So then the manager should make it clear to that employee uh, that uh, it, it is what it is and that like, they should not be really worrying about uh, about the, the, the rest and the, they should not be overreading the situation uh, or um, then there's a change in an organization especially the in-group and out-group because a leader's in-group usually uh, they, they feel connected, they feel supported but what happens when the leader leaves and then you got this in-group without a leader so these employees yeah. will have now expecting uh, a new type of relationship and if they don't find what they had in, in the past they might start thinking that well you know no one likes me anymore My <laughs> organizations against me. So whenever there are changes, it's important to fine-tune the perceptions of employees in case they might have a tendency to feel lonely. And I can't I can't um, stress what Hakan said enough. Like, like, particularly in those changes, when people don't get the promotions, when, when they, it is astonishing. Somebody could de- be so involved in the organization, and they don't get it, and suddenly they're completely alienated. What, what's your expectation uh, of this research? Because obviously this has really interesting impact on kind of the 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 business office you know of of companies moving forward what do you think for the consumers that are listening to us or the people the workers the day-to-day workers that are in the office what do you what's the the really the bottom line message you want to pass on out of this research um i would say the bottom line message um from an organizational perspective to managers and leaders is loneliness um is not just an individual thing it is something that impacts the bottom line and organizations, and you need to pay attention to it. For individual employees, I think the bottom line message is if you find yourself in a lonely situation, that that is, that is something that um, that is really worth trying to address and deal with. Although I do want to note one thing. The thing about workplaces is unlike maybe social life or other things, um, we didn't get to choose the people around yeah. us. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, sometimes there's just not going to be a fit. I mean, you know, and luckily as adults, unlike when we're in school and we're stuck there or, you know, like like there's just there's just not a fit. And so, you know, you may find if 
that maybe you just don't want to be there. Yeah. And maybe another team would be better. Um, you know, so there are different ways to go about addressing it. But obviously, we don't want people just leaving their work. Right. Yeah. Because um, right. that wouldn't be very efficient. Hakan, your thoughts? A lot of what we are doing in organizations is relational. Uh, so even very specific tasks, we eventually talk with someone, we work with someone, we think with someone. So once the relations get infected, it, it will start influencing everything in the organization. So the, the, the influence, is, I think, is really strong. And I, I, you, you mentioned a very important point in that the organizations, the, the, the new generation organizations are actually creating um, new environments for employees, which might be both a good thing, but at the same time, it might be challenging in that if you are working in a formal organization where everybody is wearing suits and ties and roles are so clear, there's not really that much room to get close. So people are just acting their roles, so the expectations might be lower. But if you are creating those authentic work environments where you expect people to genuinely connect, and if they cannot, then loneliness might really become a problem. So it's important to, to take that into account when changing the cultures and structures of companies. Great having you both with us, Sigal. Great seeing you again. Thank great you for coming. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Hakan, Thank nice, you. nice having you on the phone with us today. All the best. Thank you very much. Thank Bye. you, Sigal Barsaid of uh, the Wharton School. Hakan Ozchelik, uh, who is with uh, Cal State Sacramento. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.